your source when you need answers. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. Welcome. So you're on a sail ship, and you're going to sail around the world. Question is, what part of that boat travels the greatest distance? So you are on a sail ship around the world, and once you've completed a revolution, what part of the ship has traveled the greatest distance? If you know that, Answer. You give us a call, 514-790-0800, or you can text your answers to 514-800. I'm Joe Schwartz. I direct McGill University's Office for Science and Society with a mandate of separating sense from nonsense, keeping you up to date on what is happening in the world of science, and hopefully fostering some critical thinking. This morning on the trivia show, I did ask a question uh, about an individual who had a bruise on their body and treated it with a cream. And when asked how this cream was supposed to work, the answer was the principle of like cures like. Like cures like. Uh, Simula similibus curatur is the Latin term for it, and that is the principle behind homeopathy. Homeopathy is that over 200-year-old practice, uh, which has no scientific basis, the belief being that a substance that in a healthy person causes symptoms will cure those symptoms in an ailing person when that substance is sufficiently diluted. The answer to that question about what plant material is used in order to try to alleviate bruising on the skin. Abiding by the homeopathic principle is arnica. Arnica. Arnica is a plant that's in the daisy family, a very pretty plant, and it is quite widely used in um, homeopathic creams. Now, of course, the dilution is such that there's virtually none of the original material left in there. What is the uh, thinking behind this? is that when arnica is rubbed on the skin in very high doses, it can irritate the skin, and therefore, when sufficiently diluted, at least according to the scientifically bankrupt homeopathic principle, it should treat any kind of skin problem, such as, as bruising. Well, the product is widely sold, widely sold. There are all kinds of companies who make homeopathic arnica um, preparations. And, of course, you will have people tell you how well it worked. But that is just anecdotal evidence, and in science we do not rely on anecdote. We want proper studies, and there have been a large number of proper studies done on Arnica, uh, because, of course, there are herbal remedies that can have efficacy. Of course, it is stretching the point uh, to suggest that when it is diluted to the extent that there's nothing in there, that that can have efficacy. But believe it or not, even homeopathic Arnica has been tested, and Meta-analyses have been carried out. Those are studies of studies. And the overall conclusion is that, no, there is no scientific evidence whatsoever that homeopathic remedies for bruising of the skin, for any skin irritation, uh, work. Of course, there is a vehicle that carries the non-existent molecules. I mean, a cream is a cream, so it does have some cream ingredients. And the cream itself uh, may be of benefit in some skin Problems, nothing to do with the non-existent arnica in that uh, in that cream. 
Furthermore, bruises and uh, skin injuries, of course, heal by themselves, and very often whatever you apply gets the credit, even though it may have had absolutely nothing to, to do with it. However, here is a, a interesting little tidbit about Arnica. There are a number of non-homeopathic creams that contain Arnica, and those can contain it in significant amounts. And a number of companies such as Vogel make these creams. And uh, this is a completely different story, because here there is actually some evidence that there can be benefit. Not surprising, because it actually does contain something. So it's not that it is beyond reason that some sort of extract of um, the Arnica plant can be beneficial. The question is, how much of it do you need in order to have any effect on the skin? The answer, of course, is that you need some at least. And homeopathic remedies do not contain any. So we can dismiss that as working, but we do not dismiss all Arnica preparations, because as I said, there are a number out there that do have significant amount of the extract. So that is is worth a try. I wouldn't say that the evidence is overwhelming uh, for those, but at least uh, it is possible to have some sort of benefit when you have significant amount of the uh, of the extract. Of course, it depends on how the extract is prepared, what the concentration is, and unfortunately, these over the counter products. Um, are not scrutinized very well, and uh, nobody really checks whether or not the so-called active ingredient is really in there and to uh, what extent, as long as the uh, substance is not uh, not harmful at all. So that's the story behind uh, Arnica and the notion that by the law of like cures like, which is the basic tenet of, of homeopathy, that Arnica should work because in a high dose it causes skin irritation, and therefore in a dose that is so dilute that it contains nothing, according to homeopathy, should be curative. Of course, as one would suspect, there is no evidence for that. And incidentally, Samuel Hahnemann, the father of homeopathy, did not invent this notion of like cures like. That goes all the way back to Hippocrates and the belief that, that uh, substances that could cause uh, uh, diseases could also be curative when used in the right uh, concentration. Of course, Hippocrates never suggested that it should be diluted to the extent that um, none of the original material is is left behind. Okay, so uh, this uh, this question that uh, that I asked about uh, uh, going on a sail ship around the world, and uh, once you've completed a revolution of the Earth, what uh, part of the boat should have traveled the furthest distance, I think has uh, elicited a number of answers. So let us. Uh, uh, let's go to John. John? Yeah, hi, Dr. Joe. Hi. So I would think it would be uh, the top of the mast because uh, it's the furthest away from the uh, the center point of uh, the giant sphere of the Earth. So that would have to travel along a, a greater circumference. Yes, uh, absolutely. I guess that was too easy a question, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was too easy a question. Came quickly. Came All quickly. right. Okay, so let me give you another one because that really was too easy. Okay, uh, here, we, here go. we go. All right. Uh, you're going to tie a light oxygen tank to a bird so that it can breathe on the moon. Would the bird fly faster, slower, or the same speed as it does on Earth on the moon? Remember that there's less gravity on the moon. 
would it go faster or slower where there's no friction so the bird probably wouldn't fly much at all because bird wings goes up and then down the force would counteract itself so it probably wouldn't fly at all it would just stay exactly. very good of course the bird could not fly if there's no air present all right <laughs> i'm not going to to uh <laughs> catch you okay i'm going good question. Good okay question. one more shot one more shot to catch you um my bird can fly faster than any supersonic plane how can that be your bird can fly faster. Than, uh, the bird would have to be on the plane, flying from one side to the other. Excellent. I, know that I had a bird. I had a bird. So. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> well, you're you're too smart for us here today. Okay. But anyway, so thanks for the contribution. It was a lot of fun. I love your show. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. All right. So you learned that birds, of course, cannot fly on the moon because there's no air on the moon and that the top of the mast of the sail ship will travel the greatest distance because, of course, it is uh, the furthest from the center of the Earth. So when you draw a circle around the Earth, that, of course, has the largest uh, diameter. All right. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We're going to uh, check the traffic. And after that, we'll come back and talk about risks for cancer. Life's Everyday Mystery Solved, The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. I've got another question for you guys. Uh, just a bit of a challenge. Here we go. I would like to know what you think is known to cause cancer. Anything that you know is known to cause cancer. We will eliminate tobacco from this little quiz, of course, because everyone knows tobacco causes cancer. But I want to ask you this question because uh, I want to make some points here. So give me a call, 514-790-0800, and tell me a substance or some process that you know is for sure carcinogenic. Okay, get the idea? I want phone calls on substances that you know for sure cause cancer. Tobacco, of course, is one of those, so we're not even going to uh, to discuss that. Okay, uh, I want to alert you to, to um, something else. Um, this coming uh, Saturday night, uh, two uh, interesting and important uh, events. As uh, I've mentioned to you a couple of times on the show, uh, my office, the Miguel Office of Trans Society, is co-sponsoring a production of Seeds, which is a play. It's a, a very high-caliber play. I mean, this is not some unsophisticated production. And it's uh, going to be next uh, Saturday night which is the 29th, and uh, after the uh, presentation of the play, uh, along with uh, the um, actor who plays the role of Percy Schmeiser, uh, the gentleman who was taken to court by Monsanto for uh, basically stealing uh, genetically modified seeds, uh, he'll be there. And uh, uh, Annabelle Sotar, who wrote the play, will also be there, and the three of us will answer questions from the audience uh, after the show. If you want to know uh, exactly where it is and what time, the best way to do that is to go to our website, which is www.mcgill.ca slash OSS. mcgill.ca slash OSS. All the details are there. And of course, you can also sign up for a weekly newsletter, uh, which arrives in your 
email inbox 6 a.m. every Saturday morning with some good entertainment and solid information. And uh, I'm happy to say that uh, we are increasing our numbers. We're up to about 11,000 subscribers. So I know that we are making at least some people happy. So the seeds, the play next uh, Saturday night, February 29th. And you go for information to mcgill.ca slash OSS. Also, Next Saturday night, uh, our chemistry department, McGill Chemistry Department, has an outreach program, and um, it is going to become active because next February 29th, uh, Saturday night again, is Nuit Blanche, and there are going to be all kinds of interesting activities across the city. And the uh, our outreach group is going to uh, basically perform several shows on the theme of green chemistry. There will actually be four performances with live demos and audience participation and some hands-on experiments in in the lobby of the Automass Chemistry Building. And uh, it's all free. There are two English shows, one at 7 p.m., one at 10 p.m., and two en français at 8.30 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. So it's going to be an evening of fun. It's for all ages. There's no background in chemistry needed, of course. It's fun, entertaining, and, of course, it will be highly educational. So, again, that is uh, Nuit Blanche. Uh, put on by our outreach group in the McGill Chemistry Department next Saturday night, uh, starting at 7 p.m. with demonstrations and shows. All right. Uh, I asked you for some uh, ideas about substances that you know are carcinogenic, okay, that are for sure cancer-causing substances uh, outside of tobacco, of course, which is is just too obvious. Uh, But before we uh, go to that, I think Giovanni has been waiting online here with a question. Hi, Giovanni? Yes, hi. Hi. I had a question about almonds. Yes, sir. Because I purchased some uh, raw almonds from uh, imported from Europe, and I noticed that some of them are quite bitter. And now I was reading that it could cause, like, there could be, like, a cyanide. Yes. Well, I mean, bitter almond is is actually a different species from the regular almond that, that we buy. So just because okay. you found a few bitter ones in there doesn't mean that some snuck into the bag, because some regular almonds also can have a slightly bitter taste. So the bitter almond and regular almond are actually two different species, and bitter almonds are not allowed to be sold as food. So it's okay. unlikely that that's what you have encountered. Uh, but it was bitter compared to the other ones. Is it a danger? or? Well, I wouldn't eat anything that's bitter. Uh, I don't think that it's a danger. But, you know, the general rule in food is uh, when you're in doubt, throw it out. Chances with that. But I, I, I think that in this case, the, the bitter taste of the almond is not coming from, quote, bitter almonds. Uh, some right. regular almonds might have an off, off taste. And, you know, people also uh, here in North America often buy what are called almonds, you know, thinking yes. that these are somehow healthier. There actually is, is no such thing here as a raw almond because by law, all almonds have to be pasteurized. And that is because almonds can, in fact, harbor bacteria. I don't think that that is the rule in Europe. I think it may be that there's no pasteurization of almonds there. I'm not sure. But here, the almonds have to be pasteurized either with steam or with um, 
uh, propylene oxide, which is a, a, a chemical that uh, it's a gas and the almonds can be gassed with it and that kills the, the bacteria. So people think that they're buying raw almonds. Actually, the almonds that you're buying here are partially cooked, but they can still be legally identified as, as raw almonds if they have not been roasted. All right. almonds here are, are, in fact, pasteurized. Okay. Can I well, answer a question? Or? Yes. What about the formaldehyde? Formaldehyde is a known cancer-causing agent. You're absolutely right. Uh, of course, uh, it's a question of how you're exposed. Uh, formaldehyde vapor that is inhaled is uh, uh, certainly carcinogenic. But again, it takes a significant amount of exposure because there does not seem to be an increased incidence of, of cancer among people who uh, are embalmers, for example. But when you expose animals to uh, formaldehyde, they do develop cancer. This is true, and that is the definition of a carcinogen. If in any way, shape, or form, in any amount, it can trigger cancer in an animal. So yes, you're right about that. Formaldehyde is on the list of known carcinogens. Okay, thanks again for the question and uh, uh, the almond story. And just, you know, as with virtually any story, you scratch the surface, it becomes more complicated. Uh, raw almonds are not really raw almonds. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. And again, I'm still looking uh, for carcinogens because there's a point to why action, and that point will become uh, evident in the second half of the show. You're listening to The Dr. Joe Show. We'll check the news and be right back. Science you can use. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. Okay, before I get back to my uh, carcinogens, interesting little legal case I came across, and there's so many silly legal things. But this, this one goes back 20 years, but interesting story. Uh, a lady and her husband went to a McDonald's restaurant somewhere in Tennessee and uh, ordered uh, burgers. And uh, according to the lady, uh, she was accosted by the burger. How? A very hot pickle shot out from between the bun landed on her chin, scalded her, leaving her with second-degree burns. She sued McDonald's, believe it or not, arguing that the pickle was, quote, defective. Uh, she asked for $110,000 in settlement, and her husband jumped aboard too, asking for $15,000 for losing the service and consortium of his wife. I guess somehow uh, he wasn't properly serviced by his wife after she had burned her chin with uh, a pickle. Uh, it turns out that the two parties settled out of court, and McDonald's said that there was no monetary payment offered. So I wonder if the lady and her husband uh, were treated uh, with... Uh, Free hamburgers that had cold pickles inside. What a bizarre business. Okay, let me go to Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Yes, hi, Dr. Joe. So what do you think is a carcinogen known for sure to be so? So benzene. Benzene, yeah. I have a perk, so another... Perchloroethylene, yeah. And my third one would be asbestos. Very good. Okay, you're right on all of those. Thank you. Okay, we will keep compiling the list, and we will go to Dan. Hey, Dan. Yes, hi, Dr. Joe. Hi. Uh, I was going to say asbestos, but I guess someone beat me to it. 
Um, if I can ask you a question about asbestos, though. Yeah. Why is it banned in Canada but not in the United States? Uh, what do you mean banned? I mean, it's uh, uh, it's not mined anymore, but uh, it's not banned in the sense that, you know, it, it does not have to be removed where it's already been installed. So I'm, I'm not sure okay. what... Uh, well, it's because I know in 2018 that uh, Canada announced a, an asbestos ban. Uh, yeah, as uh, the production of it, the mining okay. and production of it. I but see. but I of see. course, it is still you know it's in many many buildings and uh, and also it is still used in in some uh, instances where uh, it's unavoidable. You know, <clears throat> there's I, I think there there's some equipment machinery where uh, asbestos is the only insulation available. But but yeah, I mean it's certainly the use has been cut way back. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. You very much. Thanks. Okay, let's go. Is that Kayla? Hey, thanks for the topic. What about uh, acrylamide? That, that acrylamide? Natural... Yeah. Yes, acrylamide is indeed a, a known carcinogen, as so categorized by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. It's found in coffee. It's found in baked goods. Uh, yeah. Potatoes. They say potatoes and bread. Well, potatoes if you fry the potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what uh, about the sun's rays? Uh, very good. Sunshine. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Let's see. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, who do we have? Hi. Who do we have here? Noel. Noel. Okay. What What do you say? So I'm thinking um, eating burnt food off the barbecue. Okay. Yeah. This is true uh, because there are chemicals in there, the benzopyrenes and polycyclic aromatics, which indeed are um, carcinogens. Very good. Okay, so we're compiling a list. <clears throat> so far we have formaldehyde, benzene, perchloroethylene. Uh, perchloroethylene uh, is a common dry cleaning solvent that is being phased out. Asbestos, acrylamide, sunshine, burned food. Okay, uh, any more out there? Any more? I'm still looking for uh, uh, a couple of others. Uh, and there's a reason, of course, why I'm asking for these. So <clears throat> give us a call or you can text your uh, um, possible comments about what is a carcinogen also to us at 514-800. Uh, uh, actually, someone tested, uh, texted in nicotine. No, uh, nicotine is not the carcinogenic chemical in, in uh, tobacco smoke. The carcinogenic chemicals in, in tobacco smoke are the same ones that we find in burnt food. And there's a whole slew of them, the, all these po polycyclic uh, hydrocarbons uh, that form when tar uh, burns. Uh, I, I don't see anything else here. Uh, yeah, dioxin. Uh, dioxin... Uh, Someone texted, that is true. Uh, dioxin is not a substance that uh, is ever produced on purpose. It is always the byproduct some, of some industry. And I, I guess the most famous example was uh, 245T, which was a herbicide that was sprayed on Vietnam uh, called Agent Orange. It was one of the components of Agent Orange, and that was contaminated with dioxin, not purposefully, of course, uh, but it did contain dioxin, which is a, a carcinogen. Um, what else do we have in text? Yeah, asbestos, burnt meats, uh, 
Okay, oh, I don't see anything uh, else there. Okay, uh, but I, Milad has a question. Hey, Milad. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, let me let me just first give you three uh, more carcinogens. Okay. Uh, table salt. Salt. Yes. It's supposed to cause uh, stomach cancer. Well, na- nasopharyngeal cancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll take. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Alcohol. Uh, alcohol. Yes. And benzathracine. Benzo. Benzoanthracine. Yes. Yeah, uh, that that would be in the same you know category as as you know the burnt food and to, uh, and tar from tobacco. Those are the kind of compounds that are found in there. Uh, okay. uh, if I were to acquire a, a, a sodium hydroxide from any uh, hardware store, yeah, and if I were to use ethanol instead of methanol, and if I were to add these two ingredients to uh, used uh, uh, cooking oil. Is it that simple to end up with biodiesel fuel? No, no. It will take a lot more processing than that. Uh-huh. Uh, no, yeah. You you cannot make diesel fuel at home. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> find find another home project. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, accumulated a, a variety of um, uh, carcinogens. Uh, you heard them. And uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to check traffic. And after that, I'm going to talk uh, a bit more about this whole business and about why I asked these uh, questions. And uh, surprisingly, uh, I didn't get any of the uh, wrong answers that I thought that I would get, which was the reason that I was asking these questions. But I'll tell you about surveys that have certainly demonstrated that the public has a lot of misinformation about this terrible disease that we're all so scared of. Uh, that's cancer. All right. You're listening to the Dr. Joe Show. We're going to um, check traffic and be right back. Your source when you need answers. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. Let me go to uh, Judy. Judy. Hi, Dr. Joe. Hi. Um, I actually have, since I just called, I've thought of two other things that I've thought petroleum jelly. No. What about uh, when you heat plastic, like, for example, in the microwave? Uh, No. No. The only connection to plastic uh, would be uh, vinyl chloride which is used in the making of uh, polyvinyl chloride. But what uh, whatever you might have at home in terms of plastic is polyvinyl chloride, which doesn't have the monomer uh, in it. So no, oh. that would not be... Uh, uh, what what can happen is that when you heat plastics, polyvinyl chloride plastics, in incinerators, like commercial incinerators, uh, that can result in dioxin, which is a, a carcinogen. But no, not not uh, not the uh, plastic containers you have at home. Okay. Okay. Um, well, one more thing. Yeah. Quick. Mm-hmm. What of the non-stick coating that comes on? Frying pans. Well, Teflon. Uh, the uh, story with Teflon is that under extremely high temperatures, if you leave a Teflon pot, you know, on the stove and it gets red hot, uh, it can release hydrogen fluoride. It's not a carcinogen, but it can be toxic. But this is 
a theoretical thing. I don't think anyone has ever experienced that. Oh, okay. So no, Teflon is not a a carcinogen. Okay. So thanks anyway. That's good good, uh, examples there. Okay. Bye. Uh, Liz. Hey, Liz. Yes, good afternoon, Dr. Joe. I love your... your, 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 Whatever. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about radon and uh, saccharin. Radon, yes, is a carcinogen. Saccharin is not. Also, Erin Bronkovich, she discovered something in the... Um, yes, that was chromium. 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 Okay. Yes, that's true. Chromium-6. Chromium-6 is a carcinogen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank Very you. Very good. All right. So now let me explain why uh, I was fishing uh, for these. Because there are a lot of surveys that are done on what people think cause cancer. And uh, very often, uh, the things that people think are the culprits uh, are not. Let me give you uh, an example here of a large survey that was done in England. Uh, A third of the general public in these questionnaires mistakenly attributed uh, uh, carcinogenic properties to things like artificial sweeteners. Now, artificial sweeteners have been extremely well tested, whether we're talking about saccharin or or aspartame or or asulfame potassium uh, or sucralose. Those do not cause cancer, but a third of the public think that they do. Uh, A third of people think that genetically modified food is carcinogenic. There are some uh, social issues with genetically modified food, some economic issues, some some business issues, but uh, not even the the, uh, opponents of genetic modified foods claim that it causes uh, cancer. Uh, People believe that drinking from plastic bottles, no. Uh, First of all, the plastic bottles that you drink from those single-serving uh, bottles are made of polyester, and there's nothing that leaches out of there that's uh, a carcinogen. Uh, the uh, uh, large carboys that you sometimes see sitting on top of water coolers, those are made of polycarbonate, and in theory, that can leach out tiny amounts of uh, uh Uh, BPA, bisphenol A. Uh, And there one can make some sort of argument because in very large doses in test animals, uh, that has been linked with um, uh, uh, hormonal cancers like prostate uh, cancer. But here is something that is is even more concerning than the the wrong ideas that people have. Only 60% of people believe that sunburn can lead to cancer. I find that to be just an amazing statistic. Only 60% believe this. So 40% of the population thinks that there's no link between uh, exposure to sunlight and, and skin cancer, whereas this is one of the best established relationships. And only about 30% of the people are aware of the link between uh, the HPV virus, human papillomavirus uh, infection, and, uh, and cancer. Now, that, of course, uh, can be mitigated by taking proper precautions so that you don't get exposed. The same thing with sunburn. Uh, you can take precautions so that you are not exposed excessively to uh, to the sun. People also believe that coffee causes cancer. Uh, no, that is not the case, even though coffee does contain some carcinogenic compounds, and that makes for a very interesting story because, as we mentioned earlier, coffee does contain acrylamide, and acrylamide is a known carcinogen. Coffee also contains caffeine. Acid. It contains styrene. It contains a number of carcinogens. The definition of the carcinogen being that in high doses, when fed to test animals, it can trigger cancer. It's a property of the material. But of course, we know in the case of coffee that coffee is not carcinogenic. If it were, we would know that. There are enough people drinking enough coffee in the world that this would have shown up. 
So how is it that in spite of the fact that it contains known carcinogens, the total mixture that we call coffee, which is made up of over a thousand different compounds, is not carcinogenic. Of course, the answer to that is twofold. One is that those carcinogens are present there in such small amounts that they do not meet what we call the threshold effect. And second is that there are also chemicals that are, are present in coffee, uh, like the antioxidants, that can mitigate the carcinogenic effect of, of uh, things like the styrene and, and the uh, caffeic acid and acrylamide, which is also found in um, in coffee. So a lot, there's a lot of mistaken uh, information, uh, you know, that people think. People think that cell phones cause cancer. Well, that has been researched pretty thoroughly. And even if there were a link, which, which in fact, most serious researchers think is, is there is no link. If it is a link, it would be so small, because if it were not small, we would have noticed that there's been no increase in brain cancer, for example. Uh, the story with talcum powder. Uh, well, talcum powder, you may know, has been in the news because Johnson & Johnson has, has uh, uh, settled for millions of dollars in punitive damages uh, when it was sued by women who say that they developed ovarian cancer by using their talcum powder. Well, there may be something to this because some of uh, some uh, of this powder was contaminated with bits of asbestos back in the 70s and 80s, but no longer is, is that the case. Also, some people believe that power lines cause cancer, and there really isn't any evidence uh, for that. There's certainly no evidence that fluoridation causes cancer, and no evidence that antiperspirants or food preservatives cause cancer. So you can, in fact, take some precautions Eat lots of fruits and vegetables. They have protective compounds. Obviously, stay away from smoking. And something else that we know is uh, certainly a player is overweight. Uh, there's no question that people who are overweight are at greater risk. So uh, watch your diet. Try to exercise. Uh, swap out uh, barbecue and red meat uh, for uh, uh, boiled meat, uh, stews, uh, chicken, fish, or turkey, better than red meat. Uh, try to eat lots of uh, vegetables and uh, lots of whole grains. Obviously, avoid tobacco products. Uh, uh, eat lots of uh, uh, legumes like, like lentils, beans, etc. Et uh, try to stay away from processed meats as much as possible. doesn't mean that you always should, you know, a avoid them. And uh, you, there are these measures that you can take in order to minimize the risk. Anyway, I'm afraid we have once again run out of time. Uh, the hour has flown by, but we'll be back with you same time, same station, next week. And perhaps I will see some of you next Saturday night uh, at the production of Seeds, and we can talk about genetic modification. Uh, you've been listening to the Dr. Joe Show. We will see you again next week. And until then, I hope that all the chemistry in your life comes out just right.